Welcome to Ana Conversations with Myanmar. If you'd like to add your voice to the conversation here at Ana, please reach out to us through any of our social media platforms or you can email us directly. This conversation features Amanda, the executive director of Sequoia Academy. When the coup broke out in February 2021, Amanda was in her final year of university and just one semester away from graduating. Like so many young people in Myanmar, Amanda's education had already been disrupted by COVID-19, but when the coup happened, she was completely robbed of her education. When the military took over the country, Amanda and other students saw no future under a military education system and decided to fight back in their own way by setting up an alternative education system. They set up Sequoia Academy, which is a non-profit social enterprise dedicated to providing free, formal education using modern methods to children from a diverse array of backgrounds. Now, with over 250 students enrolled and 160 working members, Sequoia Academy is offering free, quality education to students across Myanmar to combat disruption caused by the current crisis. Here, Amanda talks about the motivation behind setting up Sequoia Academy, the vision and aims of the academy, as well as the challenges they face operating an online school in Myanmar under a military dictatorship. Let's start the conversation. Amanda, thank you so much uh, for joining us and we're really glad to meet you today. So tell us maybe a little bit about yourself so our listeners can get a sense of who you are uh, and get to know you a little bit. Yes. Uh, so first of all, thank you for giving this opportunity to talk in this pocket. And yeah, thank you for making our voices to be heard from the world. So before the coup and COVID, uh, I was a final year student uh, who was just going to graduate only after one semester exam. And then I was worried about taking exams since, you know, school had closed for like a year for COVID-19 in 2020. So I was worried whether I could do well or like how am I going to study all those lessons back or something like that? And on the other hand, I have also started working at APEN Hub since 2020 September. And also I had another full-time job too. So, you know, like my life was full of goals, plans and full of dreams and passions and many things I was planning to do in the upcoming years. But then, yeah, on the February 1st, <laughs> once I woke up, all the things had gone since then. Amanda, tell us then, as you mentioned, when February 1st happened, it had an, a big effect on everybody in Myanmar. So how did the coup yeah. affect you? So can you tell us a little bit about how you and your family were affected by the coup? Yeah, well, the coup was the thing that I believe that would never happen in this century before. But like it was all in the history and all in the books. I mean, we just knew and learned only by the history previously. But yeah, it, it should just be in the books of paper, you know. So this, this was so unexpected and tidal made me surprised, which was really, really bad to all of us. So, uh, as I, as I mentioned, I am also one of the youths and youths are the people who are just about to start their life with the things they want to do and plans and dreams and everything are just about to start, right? So we are just about to open our doors to step outside to see the world. But, you know, like, what would you say if someone blocked your door before you go? when you are ready to go outside, right? So mostly, students like us uh, totally lost the degree, which they had been staring really hard, really, really hard for like five years. 
they they are just gone and say if we are going to work it i think the connection between our education system in Myanmar and jobs of our is still not well introduced or i i may i may say not not well structured yet because most of the jobs still put the degree requirement in the job description so you know how could student get into the career with this continuous education right so that's why I think most of the students still, including us, that I have just so I, I'm not getting lost, but previously I got lost and, uh, and motivated. So for the family and living situation, the presence of everything has been rising so that living expenses also become higher than previous years. So everything becomes unstable and comfortable, not secure, not safe, and the living environment is like, drawn in day by day after all this hoop has happened. So, yeah. So, Amanda, I just wanted to ask you, when the coup happened, did you join the protests yourself? Yes, yes, yes. When the coup started since February, we students joined the protests from the university and also to the public protests before the violence started. But once it started, our home and family member also worried about going outside and protest because like, you know, we haven't seen anything before like that. So we don't know, we didn't know how to defend or how to protect ourselves. And like, really didn't expect the situation would be going this war. So before that, yeah, we protested and tried the protest. So you've just described having the door closed in your face and I, I can only imagine how frustrating that must be in terms of like your, your education that you've worked so hard for. I was just wondering whether you could explain what you think it must be like for students younger than yourself, like children going through this and the teachers that you know. What is their experience like having to cope with that? Mm, yeah, to talk about teachers, children and students, I may a little bit explain about our education system before because like you know education in Myanmar was like in development stage in those previous five years the curriculum teaching methods teaching and learning aids interactive learning and the way the education was shaping was kind of satisfactory but yet there are so many children who cannot be so accessible to all those developing education because you know from the ethnic areas or the children who have to work to end many for the living and for the family. There are still many, many children out there who cannot be accessible. We believe that that should be the responsibility for all of us to give the fair education and equal education to all children in Myanmar. So anyhow, anyhow, before this coup and COVID happened, even though the education system was not well structured yet, it had some progress and that all the teachers and children and the students like us had the chance to get into the developing education system, like hybrid, you know, traditional and developing stage. But now, you know, all the teachers, students and children have been actively participating in this civil disobedience movement. Education has ceased for sure till now, but the rest of the civilians were not reaching like including us, because we youths are always aware and discovering what the community needs and how we can help. So yeah, there are still some percentage of teachers, parents and students who is still in the CDM, civil disobedience movement. So that's why we are here 
to support them and to maintain our against and our actions and our activity uh, till the end. So, yeah. That's fantastic. I think you've touched on this a bit, but could you just tell us what motivated you to set the school up? Yeah. So before Sigwa Academy, I might need to introduce a little bit about Take Ben Hub because Sigwa Academy is a, is a branch of Take Ben Hub. So yeah, we started Take Ben Hub. Take Ben means science in Myanmar. Uh, so Take Ben Hub to be able to provide the precious computer science education and digital literacy as a free education since last year September. So our classes were running before the coup and on February 5th, we had announced that we closed our classes until further notice. But then parents frequently, you know, ask us like, are we going to provide for my education or are we going to give the continuous education during this crisis or something like that? So to think about that, we, they then have also planned to start our own institution like Secret Academy in our ultimate goal and plans that due to the situation and as we are presenting the future of children and, and would like to contribute in a part of education sector for our children from Myanmar. So like we, we were like, why not? Let's start. And then, yeah, the Secret Academy was established in May 2021. That's great, Amanda. So yeah, I'm just going to go back there to what you said. So prior to the coup during COVID-19, I think it was you um, and some other students set up a Tan Pan hub, which was, am I saying that right? Tan Pan hub, which is a youth-led nonprofit social enterprise yes. for helping yes. students access computer science. Is that right? Yes, correct. Yeah. So you guys do online lessons for free for teenagers and young kids across Myanmar. So you were operating that during COVID. Then the coup happened, you stopped. And then when people were asking you, are you going to keep offering something? You decided to offer something even more than that. And that's how you set up this new school. Is that right? Yes. Yes, correct. So I'm going to say it, it's Z-Chat Z Academy. Am I saying that right? Z-Chat. Z-Chat means all, yeah, all academy. Like, oh, all academy. All Z-Quat. in Myanmar. So Zquad Academy is a nonprofit social enterprise and it's a branch of this other school that you had and you're you're actually providing mm-hmm. formal education but you're doing it in a very modern way. Yes, exactly. So can you tell us a little bit about the school, what was the aim and how it works so, so we can understand that better? Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, Zquad Academy it's now running as an online academy which we target to provide like you said, man for my education to all the children from Myanmar. And we are currently teaching grade seven, batch one to grade six and grade four, in which we teach all former subjects such as Myanmar, English, mathematics, social studies, which include both geography and history, science, life skill, moral, and also computer science as an elective subject. Besides, besides former subjects, we also have club activities, which are English, club debate, music, and science and technology, which are running on every Saturday. Moreover, we often arrange the campaigns, events, competitions, seminars, talk shows for the students, children, and parents for awareness purposes on all through the social media platforms. So now we have around 250 students and 160 working members and 1,000 members in our parents' community. So the ultimate goal, the ultimate goal of Secret Academy is that we believe 
we have to be responsible for our next generations and for the future of the children. So we have to do this, you know, because if we don't, who else, right? So the main thing is that the education. We we have to continue the education no matter what. No no matter what is happening badly, education should move forward as far as we can. And education should stand up as long as we can. So we think education is the main thing to develop the community, society, and most importantly, the country. So yeah, we are going to create and maintain an environment in which all the children in Myanmar can be able to access any education through many social backgrounds. And yeah, another thing is that since we believe that what everyone wants and what everyone is trying to develop would be the better education system, and it will be brought to us sooner or later. So we are going to support it and we are always ready to help and contribute as much as we can from the private sector. Yes. Like, I'm in awe of what you're doing. I think this is pretty incredible for your age. And I love that every time we speak to someone, they come out and prove what I'm always saying is Myanmar young people are incredible. This is is amazing what you guys have done. And when I was looking and I'll put the link to to the website into our show notes so people listening to the podcast, I'm going to encourage them to go and look at what you guys actually set up. I I think it's amazing. But the first thing in your vision, which I absolutely love, is to access the quality education even during this crisis and help students who wish to disobey the hunter's education. <laughs> I mean, I love that your your vision is to disobey the hunter. Yeah, um, but that that is what you like. You want to offer an alternative to the type of education that people will get under military. Is that right? Yeah, true. So in the military system, what is education under military rule? Like, is it their history? What they want you to know? No thinking critically, no thinking for yourselves. Actually, we are worried about that. Education might be like not proven anymore because we have faced how our, our education warned it and, and theirs because we have passed through the education like a teacher center approach and without any, like, like, like I mentioned before, uh, the curriculum and the way the education shape was pretty like sway. So we really know how education won through over several years. That the means that is a mindset and the way they teach is like, which does not include critical thinking, any problem solving or something like that. So we missed that chance. So we surely know that they are the things that should be taught in the education uh, since primary, secondary. So we would like to give all the things that we missed before to the next children and for our younger sister and brothers. But we don't think that it would just go the same like the days we passed, if military coup is still happening. So yeah, we would like to make the alternative environment that the children can assess the things they didn't get the chance to learn from the school. So yeah, that's why I think we should still remain till the end. That sounds fantastic. And you're teaching online? Yes, teaching online. For now, yes. But yeah, we are trying to give the offline education also because like we are all currently running from the online and given education facility all from online so only some areas that have internet access such as like Yangon and Mandalay and Navy York can access to our educations for now so far but we are also trying to expand to reach out to some areas that are still available for education so in upcoming years we would prefer to implement the offline educations as much as we can 
So like one thing is that all of our education can be accessible for any kinds of socioeconomic backgrounds and any kinds of living environment. So we are trying to develop that environment also. I don't know whether you know the answer to this, Amanda, but we were talking to someone previously who was explaining that education in her village, which was quite remote, was just through the church. So they would learn a lot through religion. Is that the case now that the hunter are in control? If you access education in the rural, in the poor areas, do you have to go to a military school or is there still kind of religion educations in churches and in temples and that kind of thing? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. We have like a community school, the ethnic areas or at the crown education, not the military schools. And also, yes, some uh, children from the churches uh, organized it at the church to study. Yeah, we, we, we are trying to collab and talk with them, community school and churches and like monastery education. We are planning to move in 2022 for the offline education. There are a lot of alternative education area to support it and provide our education also. Wow. So what currently is the average day, the average timetable for one of your students? We are currently running the classes from Monday to Friday and Saturday for the club activities. And starting from 9 a.m. till the 3 p.m., we have four sessions per day. And for each hour, it takes 45 minutes. And are the classes live or are they pre-recorded? We are currently teaching uh, using the platform, zone platform. And we have at most 25 students in each class. Yes. So the classes are live online at that time? Yes, yes. Live live teaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not pre-recorded. And what is the biggest obstacle then? I guess internet, is it? Connection? Yeah, yeah. Yes, (laughs) yes, true. But... And also, like in previous days, the data packages from the mobile internet, the packages became a little bit expensive. So some of the students and teachers are not be able to continue the education. So yeah, currently, lately, we we are facing that challenge. So Amanda, I'm just curious because obviously you're offering completely free education, but how do you fund yeah. that? How are you funding it? I mean, are you paying this yourselves? Are you relying on donations? How does it work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We apply the grants and also we have a donation period because our classes are like six months for the academic year is like six months and we have the assessment in each two months. So after the assessment, we give that the report card to the parents according with their grades and performance in the class and their participation or something like that. So after every uh, given the report gets, we also introduce the donation period to the parents and the parents also donate for like not, not limited amount. They can donate as much as they can. And yeah, we have donation period and also like grants. We apply some of the grants that we thought they would give us. We apply with a project proposal. And also, yeah, another thing is that we separated, we uh, currently created another program called Seaguard Program, which is going to run as paid courses under that program. So currently we have one program which we provide in the English for skill basis for the children age around 11 to 16. 
So from that, we manage the finance and also give back the mobile data allowance to the volunteers, teachers. And also for the children, we haven't support yet, but we have a list to give the mobile data allowance if we got a grant from somewhere or something like that. At least we have a plan to support the children too. I'm just yeah. curious, Amanda, when you say about a grant, who who gives a grant now? Have you got a grant in Myanmar or outside no. Myanmar? Or how? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. We are just trying. Not yet. Not so yet. would you yeah. be, who would you be applying to? Would you be applying to the NUG for a grant? Would you be applying to outside of Myanmar for a grant? Or would you be applying to the military for a grant? How would it work? Not from the NUG and military. There are some outside of both organization and also international platforms and like USAID and like US embassy or something that we think they might support. And there are some application open for the grants too. So if we found out some, like we prepare the proposal and budget and we propose, but nothing has confirmed to support for now so far. Oh, very good. I hope you get some funding because, I mean, it's amazing what (laughs) you're doing and it would be great if you could keep doing it. But I understand that it's very hard when everyone is doing it for free. So are you looking for volunteers? Do you have enough volunteers or are you guys always looking for more people? Like, yeah, we are currently running with the volunteer members. And we also we have some category like permanent members and volunteers members. And they have different separate job description and working hours. And like the workload is a little bit different between family members and volunteer members, but we all are still unpaid for now so far because like as we mentioned before, but mostly we always prioritize the academic department. If we have to start giving the funding, we always prioritize the academic, which means teachers and the children. After that, if we have some more, yeah, we will just bear to another department, the working members too. I'm just curious, Amanda, what are the risks to you guys doing this? I mean, is there any risks attached in terms of offering an alternative education or is that okay to do right now? Or are you a little worried about doing that? Yes, of course. That's why we didn't approach some media (laughs) because, you know, like if we explore in the media, like we will be in the military watching list. So we are okay, but we have volunteer teachers, right? They are the main, so we have to always think about the security of the members, especially teachers and also the children. So the data and any information are all disclosed in the organization. And the risks is like, we, we believe that as long as we just are providing from the private sector, I think we might be safe for now. Because there are many schools and many organizations that it's given the same alternative educations in different ways, different teaching style, methods, all like that. So as long as we are giving and supporting from the private sector, it should be safe. And I guess for you then, like, where do you see your future now? Because obviously you said you were like, you know, very close to graduating. So you haven't graduated university, although Mm-hmm. I, I would hire you in, in a heartbeat for what you're doing now. <laughs> so obviously all of your skills and talent are there regardless of having gotten that final exam. But how do you see your future now? Mm, yeah, for me, uh, I'm doing the parallel jobs. Like I have full time on the other hand, which I think I can earn some money. 
And then on the other hand, I'm doing this volunteering projects. And so I think this should be the personal question. So I, from my perspective, like we are moving forward from the different settles that, you know, we could have and we believe we could improve day by day. So yeah, we believe we will reach our destination so now later if we still keep going and if we still believe that we will win, we are going to win. So yeah. Oh, I love your optimism. <laughs> That's great. But it, it's just trying to kind of understand how difficult it must be for you guys, you know, when you were so close to finishing everything, you know, starting the next chapter yeah. of your life. But in some ways, you found a way to do that. Despite all the obstacles, you know, you're pushing through and you're making things happen for yourself, which is really great. I guess, Amanda, the concern I would have for your school is if the internet was to go in Myanmar at some point, then that mm, would be a real yeah. problem for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Do you have a plan for that? Yeah, for that, like we applied the grants and the donations to use and to give the mobile data allowance for both students and teachers. And also, yeah, for the working members from the other departments too. The main is that we have to fight as much as we can. So that is the main thing, you know, like because they are also willing to contribute and they are also willing to learn 30 and for teachers, they are also willing to teach their children. But to compare the career and volunteering, like, you know, in this century, most of the people would choose the place that can guarantee for the future, <laughs> that can guarantee for living, right? So that's why we are trying to start changing our organization structure to give the opportunities for the teenagers and youths as a part-time working environment or something like that. That's why we are currently so much passionate in finding the donations and funding support. And are most of your volunteers and the people working with you, are they mainly all students? Yes, yes. Mostly we have volunteers like around 16 to like at most 23, 4 years. So we can say all the members are you. Uh, are you always encouraging more students to come and help you guys? Do you need more volunteers all the time? Uh, yes, because the academic year office is like six months. So they have to commit for six months, a little bit too much for some of the volunteers. So some of them left for their personal cases or something like that. But we always try to maintain the classes and all the subjects to be taught to the children. So after they left, we have to recruit to complete the gaps of the missing positions. So yeah, recruitments are occasionally going on. I know a lot of students listen to this. I know a lot of my former students listen to this, so I'm going to encourage them to uh, dedicate some time and maybe try and help you guys out if they have time and it's Myanmar time zone that you guys are working on, yeah? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. So people can be anywhere in the world, really. They just need to be able to work on Myanmar time zone. Yes, correct. Yeah. So it'd be great because I know I can imagine that you lose people often for various reasons. So I really hope that people keep offering their time. Can people donate who are like, I, I know most of your donations come from parents whose students have gone through your program, but I guess you can take yeah. donations from anybody, can you? Yes, 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 can. But we haven't introduced the public donation yet because, like, you know, everyone is facing the financial problems and many other places that it's more in need of financial support than us. 
So we don't want to like disturb the public. But yeah, they can donate to ads if they want to. But we didn't announce the public donation yet. Yeah, I know what you mean. You see other areas yeah. where they need that first. Yes, but yes. And, and again, the parents whose children are benefiting are more, you know, they, they are happy to donate, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But I, I just think it's really so incredible what you guys are doing and what you've set up. And it's, it's, it's such a pity what's happened that this has happened, but this is a really great thing coming out of such a bad time. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. if things work out, this could be a fantastic, you know, school in the future, just in terms of what you're offering, because obviously we are teachers and we lived and we worked in Myanmar. So, I mean, outside of international education, if you're not in an international school in Myanmar, you don't really get things like computer science, you know. Yes. So you're really offering subjects that students would not have an opportunity to study otherwise. So it's so important. And is all of your classes true Burmese? language yes 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 so I just think that's fantastic to be giving those kind of subjects and um, so different to anything the military schools or public schools were offering before was yeah. there anything else Amanda that you wanted us to ask or you wanted to bring up nothing to ask but just thank you again for letting me letting us speak out for educational purposes and like thank you for giving time for us we believe we will reach our destination very very soon <laughs> so let's go <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And tell me, just in terms of if people want to know more about your school, you have a website through Tan Pan Hot, yes. isn't that right? Yes, correct. I'm just thinking we have many different people listening to this. It's Zicho Academy, but it's spelled Z-E-E or Z-E-E K-W-A-T Academy. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Right, right, correct. And also you have a Facebook page, is that right? Yes, yes. We yeah. have many different social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter also. Oh, very good. Okay, we'll we'll find you on all of those. I know I, I think we have found you already yeah. on Facebook. But um, yeah, I, I just think it's great. And I know that it takes a load of people to come together to make something like this happen. And you're the person who's speaking to us. But I know there's a team of you behind this. And uh, just to say to all of you, like, this is amazing. I'm really well done. I mean, it's fantastic what you're doing. Thank you. Thank it really, you so really much. is. Just to second what Suzanne said, Amanda, like what you're doing is absolutely amazing. And I really hope you can get some funding in that grant because, I mean, what's the point in those embassies being there if they can't help out in that way when they make all these public statements that mm-hmm. they're against this military takeover? Mm-hmm. You know, make things better. If you're not going to actually do anything more proactive than that, you can help with education. Yes, 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 sure. Yeah, it's really been great talking to you. And look, well done. It's really fantastic. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, oh, and I think anyone who goes and looks at your website, I'm like, oh, wow, this is the real deal. Like, <laughs> so professional. Like, I'm not, this is super professional. Like, it really isn't just for your age and what you're accomplishing. Like, you know, I always say the future of Myanmar is safe for you guys, you know, because you're a great generation, so much drive and it's, it's fantastic. So, yeah, I just I hope you can continue. I hope the Internet stays on in Myanmar. I hope it stays accessible. And I hope that because I know how smart all of you guys are. There's a team working on an offline version (laughs) in case there's needed in the future. But yeah. And I hope anyone listening who, you know, maybe works in areas that offer grants or, you know, maybe they work in NGOs or organizations, maybe that they will think about how they might be able to help you guys out. Because I think that would be that would be really great. Thank you so much for your time today. Have a great day ahead. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to RNR Podcast. You can follow us on all major social media platforms. It's at RNR Podcast. Spelled 
A-H-N-A-H. Please like, follow and subscribe. Myanmar remains in our hearts and thoughts. We have not forgotten you. Let's keep the conversation going.